Hello, everyone. Welcome in uh, back to the Next Gen Podcast. We're super excited um, to be with Jeff Grinnell today. Uh, we are actually at our leadership summit. We're currently in the room with about 100 other leaders um, of youth ministry and next-gen ministry. And so we're going to be doing a question and answer um, with Jeff. And so I'm here, obviously, with Joseph and uh, Josh, um, who you've heard on the other podcast with us. And um, we're just excited to have Jeff with us as well. So, Jeff, thanks for being with us today. Yeah. And um, we're excited to kind of see where this goes. So Jeff, why don't you talk to us a little bit about um, you know, where you're at, um, what you're doing, and, uh, and how God's using you to influence the next generation. Great. Thank you, Ryan. And welcome to our live audience right here. Um, I'm so glad that you're doing this because it increases the footprint of your influence. Yeah. Because there are, you know, churches, Ryan, that couldn't be here. Yeah. Now they can vicariously through this whole process, the platforms wherever this could be posted. So, yeah, uh, we've had a great weekend. And as Ryan said, we're going to turn this into a Q&A because there's so many things we can't get to. Yeah. So um, I want to just before we start the Q&A, give you some uh, like five quick and I'm not I'm not going to spend time on them. Maybe we can turn them into the Q and A. But five quick leadership essentials. This would this would be for the children's people. This would be uh, for the the youth, young adult, and senior leadership. You know, at, at any level, um, important things for what I would call non-negotiables for leadership. And I'm going to give those five to you, and you can do some research on your own with those, or maybe we can follow up with those in the Q and A also. But I'm sure we're going to get to a lot of different uh, topics for the Q&A. That's the, that's the purpose for this. So uh, let me give you all five of them. Education, inspiration, modeling, apprenticeships, and creativity. Okay? Uh, education, inspiration, modeling, apprenticeships, and creativity. And again, you can get these off the, uh, the district's website by, by listening to this podcast. That's good. So what I mean by these is this. The, the, the students that we work with are going to move beyond our level of learning, okay, if they're hungrier than we are. Oftentimes, you've heard it said, you know, people will only rise to the level of their leader, but I don't think that's true. I think people will either surpass their leader or go find another leader to serve under. And that's, that's the hard, that to me, that's the hard part about leadership yeah. is thinking that uh, they're, only, they're not going to surpass me. So wherever I'm at, there's the lid yeah. or there's the fence. Yeah. And that's, I, I, don't think that way. You, you, you got to get past that thinking because real leaders, uh, there are certain, certain people who allow that ceiling to remain on them. Mm-hmm. But there are other leaders, students, okay, student leaders who have a lot more in them and they're going to find another place because it's going to let like where water levels out and finds its level. It, it, their passion and their hunger will also so what we have to have, the mentality that we have to have in leadership more with that first point is that education is it is my um, ceiling is their floor. 
that concept yep. so that I'm not just taking kids through my museum of past work, but I'm saying, this is what I've done. Now you build on that and do something greater. Like I've told many of the people that I've mentored and all, all of the students that came underneath me in, in, in ministry, if you don't do greater things than I did, then I failed you. You know, I want them to do greater things than me. So to me, the education is where the leader, listen, healthy leaders build healthy youth ministries. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you want to solve the youth leadership problem, the recruiting problem, solve the retention problem, retaining good leaders. Because sometimes we get leaders, then they're gone after a while, right? And if we can not just recruit, but retain, recruiting and retention, then you can keep your leaders. And that, I think, comes from you as the leader uh, taking yourself to a whole nother level in your training, personal training. It's real easy to just get by. And then you're going to lay that level, you know, in your, in your group. So education, even if it's not going out and getting a degree, it is listening to a podcast like this. Okay. I had a, a team in Texas. List, took my Sunday night podcast uh, for Youthology Live every Sunday night, 9 p.m. Central. <laughs> you can join us there. On, and we're on all the platforms. And you'll hear this too. No, unshameless plug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what this whole youth group did was take one month of the podcast because their leadership meeting was on Sunday nights. And so they took four weeks of the podcast and they unpacked that as a team, because it's only 12 to 15 minutes long. You know, that's, that's how I do it really quick because that's my attention span, just like Josh's. <laughs> yeah, that's Max. So that education could be just something as simple as this or assigning a book to the whole team, that your whole team is going through the same book. So that would be it. Okay, let me go through these others like even faster because we, we want to get to you. The inspiration is um, how much of an inspirational leader you are not just sharing information with them, like from your education, that kind of thing, but your, the inspirational leadership that you have, okay? Third is modeling, and that is your attitudes, your patterns, your personal disciplines as a leader. Like I said, healthy leaders attract uh, or build a healthy youth ministry. Put that into the modeling, healthy leaders attract healthy leaders, Okay, like if you have healthy leaders on your team, that's your best recruiting yeah, right. because all their friends in their circle go, whoa, what's going on in the youth group? <laughs> right. And, and they're like, oh, you need to come be a leader with us. And they're like, yeah, you know, children's ministry sucks. So we're going to no. <laughs> it doesn't mean that. <laughs> OK, so we'll just take that out and we'll post do that. But you, you know what I mean? And it's it's like. Healthy leaders attract other healthy people around them to join the team. So the, um, the, the education, the inspiration, the modeling, the apprenticeships. Now, that's what we would call internships. We have teenagers here this weekend who, who want to do internships. Yeah. Okay, We have, you, many of you have interns who are more committed because they have more time and they're in that learning process. And we, and, but I want to take it beyond internships into apprenticeships where we actually allow the interns to do more than just be go, you know, gophers and go get this and, you know, voluntolds. 
<laughs> you know, there's a volunteer, then there's a voluntold. The interns are voluntolds. <laughs> but we want, or, you know, we want to take them beyond that volunteering, you know, even if they're getting a little bit of, you know, uh, stipend or whatever, in, into that commitment of apprenticeships where they're, they're, actually, they're actually able to share the ministry more. Um, and then finally is the, the creativity. I think as a leader, if you want to take a non-negotiable for a leader in the youth ministry is creativity. Yeah. Now, I know many of you might say, man, that's not me. I'm a left brain, logical, mathematics person like Joseph. Yeah. Okay. But if Joseph, who is so strong in that left side, cognitive, right? And others of you then he has to find the people in the right brain that are that social, right. relational, yeah. you know. So I, I, want you to f- I don't want you to feel like, well, this is the way I am, and I'm going to track just gym rats because I'm a right brain, you know, uh, at jock. Well, then let's get the right people around you to help you with that creativity. Okay. So creative, there's no excuses for not having creativity. We just have to get the right people around us if that's a struggle of yours. And maybe again, we can go in deeper. I know I will blog on what I just said with these. I'll go deeper. So if you're interested, because you realize in a podcast, we can't let it go for an hour. No one's going to listen to it for an hour. Yeah. Okay, very few people are. Maybe the full-time people are who really do that, you know, but very few people do it. Um, like even on mine, on my podcast, that's it, only 12 to 15 minutes, they're cutting out 75% of the time into it. You, you know, it's just the way it is. So hang on a little longer because we're doing a live Q&A with another topic. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. So I don't know if that gets us yeah, moving. Great. But again, we can go wherever you guys want to go to. Yeah. I think it should be good. Um, you know, we've had a full, full weekend. I uh, feel like drinking from a fire hydrant at times um, with all the different sessions we've had. Um, so I know there's a lot of questions in the room, a lot of questions that haven't, we haven't had a chance to address or, or even, even get to. And so we want to take this time right now to go ahead and, uh, and have you ask your questions. So um, is there any questions in the room to get us kind of kicked off? So you spoke a little bit um, this weekend about problem solving and the importance of problem solving in yes. leadership. Um, when it comes to youth ministry, um, we're finding that a lot of the problems that we're discovering and, and trying to work with students on are originating as a result of their home environment and family situation. We talk a little bit about broken families as yep. well. Um, for you and your ministry and just what you've seen, what are some practical ways um, you found to uh, really to disciple parents along with Good. students? Because we have a lot of parents that either culturally Christians or culturally believers, but not a lot going on in the home that yes. would create a healthy environment for them. Yeah, man. So the, the, that we could spend a whole podcast on family, right? I mean, you, you guys are the professionals, you know, yeah. you're in it all the time. Um, and maybe some of us at the table could put, put into that too a little bit. So, but let me, we don't want to go too long because we want to have as many topics as possible. So let me give you two things, okay? Two things. First of all, you need a regular parent meeting. Whether that's annual or semi-annual, we did it in the fall and spring. And it was more than giving them the events. It was sharing vision with them and the mission statement for that year or whatever. It was giving them wins and stories. Like we'd bring a student in that, that, who just had this incredible turnaround from a really bad home. You know, you, you see where we're going with that. Yeah. Just to show them, listen, not, you, you've seen this. Maybe you've not heard this said, but I know you've seen this. The best kids do not always come from the best homes. Yeah. 
But, but hear me, the worst kids do not always come from the worst homes. <laughs> Sometimes I've had the best kids from the worst home. And I've had the worst kids from the best home, right? And you'd think that it wouldn't work that way. So you, you're, and I think you answered it in one sense, Ben. You're the, your relationship with the parents is critical. They have them longer than we do. The, kind of. So February 2018, this stat came out. Okay? Impact 360, Barna. Parents, sorry, fathers specifically, where there's a father in the home, and I know we have guardian homes, auntie homes, grandma homes here, you know, I, I, I get that. The whole siblingless, motherless, father. Fathers who are in the home spent 18 minutes a week FaceTime with their kids. We have them for 90 as youth leaders. School has them for 35 hours. Think about that. Who's impacting the kids? Social media has them, right? Seven to 10 hours. You know it. Seven on social media, throw in screenagers with computers and everything else, and it's 10 hours. Yeah. To, you know, television. So solving that problem is we have to get to the parents who are going to have them, you know, more than we will. And then the second thing I would share is it takes a village. Okay, you have to model the way Ryan is modeled with his situation in his home with a child that, that needed a miracle and now a spouse who, who she would love to be involved in the ministry but has to take care of this child right now. And they're, but he's, they're modeling to you how to do healthy home. And so if the students are around that and they see that, the ones that don't come from that blessing of, a night, of, of the right home can at least see it in the youth leader. Because we have to model fatherhood, motherhood, and sister and brotherhood, sibling, that, that, that sibling model. Yep. Because the family has been disintegrated, yep. disintegrated in, in culture. Yep. That's good. Would you say anything to that, awesome. Josh? Yeah. yeah. Especially where we're at now, we have three in our youth group, and one, sorry, into our youth group, and probably our biggest ministry is simply those who come to our house and are part of our yeah. life than any other uh, people. How many of you in the audience have students at your house? They, they go to your house, like they visit, you know, look at that. So half the hands went up in the audience. Yeah. 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 That's, mo that's modeling it. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> your respect for your wife, her response to you, you know. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Anybody else? More questions? Yep. Coming up. If anybody else has any more questions in the can here, just come come closer to kind of cut down on time. Yeah, could you uh, talk about how you would deal with maybe um, people on your staff um, that, that are maybe disgruntled or you don't see eye to eye with? Good, 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 good. And in both ways. Yeah, and I was just going to say that goes both ways yeah. because they may not be gelling with me, you know. And when you say staff, you – so there's two ways we can go. We can go with the youth leadership team – or we could say that you are a paid staff member or part-time, or to be honest, you're a volunteer and you're in meetings with the lead or the senior pastor. And we have, we have a couple of them or several of them in the room here today too, leads. So there is not ever going to be a perfect church. Can't find it. I've served 
in some great churches. I've, I'm in a different church every week, okay? I haven't seen it yet. Now, if I took the last five churches that I was in <laughs> and put them together, I could find a really good church. <laughs> because there's that, you, you, you go to one place and you serve and you love the worship, but the discipleship's not so strong. You go to another place and they're really big on discipleship and small group, but the evangelism is not there and the outreach is not there in the community. You know, you go to another place and the, the pastor is charismatic and it's really fun preaching, but there's no depth. It, it, but you love everything. You love the weather, you know. So <laughs> it's like, how do you find that? So first of all, the way I answer that, because I get this every week. I get this every week. The way I answer that, first of all, is expectations. Mm -hmm. Lower your expectations. Okay? <laughs> These Listen, relationships are not math. Sorry, Joseph, <laughs> our mathematician here at the table. <laughs> relationships are not math. Relationships are art. And when, when you work in art, it gets messy. Okay, sculpting hurts. Uh, painting is messy, it, that's art. And relationships go that way. So that I would say, you know, be careful of your expectations, okay? The other thing I would say is, confrontation and clarity. If you're having a problem and you keep avoiding it, you, you are as much as the, the problem because you're allowing that problem to probably worsen, you know? So you're going to have to say, okay, it, let's say it's the youth pastor and the lead that are, uh, first, and remember, you were hired. The lead wasn't hired, he hired you or she hired you, okay? Or you're working with them and they ask you to be the department leader if you're a volunteer, right? So it is your responsibility first to be the peacemaker, okay? And to submit and serve the vision. And if you can't do that, then you need to do that somewhere else, yeah. right? So that, you know, with that dynamic. But in the next meeting, the agendas may be given to you if there is one. You, uh, you get a chance to speak, you need to bring it up. You know, I just feel like I brought up an idea last month and the idea was shot down or there was never any resources given to it. Can you help me with the kind of commitment you have toward the youth here so I know how I can help you with, the, with youth ministry? What are, Pastor, what are your goals? Pastor, what, are you, what, is, what is a win for you, okay, watching the youth ministry how can I help you win? You, you, listen, it's just, it's people skills, okay? It's taking the situation that, maybe you have a home there, your kids are in school there, and you don't wanna leave, right? But there's this uh, lack of chemistry, we'll just say that. Well, I think if you really want to, to remain there and not carry that problem to the next place, then you're gonna have to confront it and bring clarity to it. And, and say, okay, I'm going to bring, I'm gonna, I want to have the discussion and then let's bring some clarity to it. What is the win? That would be the clarity part of it. Uh, go back to your job description. If they don't have a JD, ask for one or you say, let me, can I create one or add to what they've given you? Then bring that into a meeting with the, with the senior and say to, to the senior, um, I've done five or six of these things, but I feel like you've not encouraged me and, you know, and, and you, you've not... Uh, thanked me for this, and yet you told me this is what you want me doing. C could I hear it here? Even if you never say it in front of the people, right? 
Now, I know some of you, for you, you're freaking out and you need a bag right now to put over your mouth and you're breathing hard because you don't like confrontation. So uh, is it easier for you to write this out and to send an email, you know? Um, if it's never addressed, it's going to only get worse. So expectations, clarity, and confrontation. And then it ultimately, sometimes it's solved because, uh, it, like in counseling, it becomes an impasse. And if there is a relational impasse, then he's not, or she, the lead's not going anywhere, and you, then you may need to, if you can't adjust yourself to their vision and their style of even, not even just their vision, you know, their style of leadership. Because not everybody's going to lead the way you lead. You know, so. Yeah, it's good, Jeff. If that helps. Who's next? Uh, so like 70 to 80% of our ministry is bus ministry. Could you give <laughs> two or three uh, ways to uh, make that better and help us to be Great. better leaders for the parents who aren't, who, yeah. from our view, aren't Good. involved at all? Love it. So just to give you a little background, um, my first three and a half years in ministry were spent outside of Indianapolis. And we had a bus ministry with two buses and several vans, three or four vans. And we bust in multiple kids for all day on Sunday. And then um, about half of that on the Wednesday nights for the youth program. So uh, that I was baptized into that, you know, bus ministry. And um, the key to that, anybody that's ever done it, the key to it is oversight. Okay, good quality leadership from, you know, the head, from myself, from you who asked the question, to uh, the oversight of the team that I have. You can, it, it's kind of like, uh, you know, the, the old program, Super Friends. Superman has a weakness, but Super Friends have no weakness. Put it in today's language, that's Avengers. Iron Man has a weakness, but Avengers have no weakness because they each have this quality that they bring to the outfit. And so what has to happen with a bus ministry don't even begin it, okay, for economic reasons, for morale reasons, for safety reasons. If you don't have a passion for it as a leader and oversight with multiple leaders. So what I would suggest is this. It, uh, find bus captains, bus counselors. We call them captains and coaches. And the captain did the scheduling, ran up to the, you know, um, to the door and all that, the coaches stayed in the vehicle and, took, and made sure that it didn't get tipped over. <laughs> <laughs> or a food fight didn't start, you know, <laughs> with the food left over on the way back home. So we always had two leaders, and they could be uh, a student leader that's mature enough to handle that situation, especially if they're younger children we were picking up or whatever. So uh, there has to be a passion for it and an energy with it from that leader, but then there has to be oversight and training. And like I said, with those two coaches and captains or, you know, counselors, however you want to see that. Then the second part of that with uh, parents and, you know, bringing that, trying to reach that family, what we did is an annual, we did an annual for a few years and we did a semi-annual, uh, like a welcoming party where we brought families in on a Saturday and gave them a dinner and a banquet and gave out awards to the kids. So they could, if anything, the parents who sometimes are not involved in their life, um, their parents could see their kid get a star or a crown or a sash or something. 
And uh, that kid felt like instead of they instead of being just a prince, they were a king. Instead of being a princess, she was a, a queen for the day. And what it did was build a relationship between us and the home, right? Then the youth group, okay, this is, would be an addition to in reaching that family in that neighborhood. The youth group, when we did serve day, we did serve day every summer. Those were the homes. The bus homes is where we, the bus route, you know, we went along those homes and started this, the service projects there first instead of everywhere else. Because we still, we knew we were reaching their children, but we really can't fulfill that commitment in reaching their children if we don't reach their families. So we wanted to serve their families also, you know. Um, That's really good. Yeah. Follow up on that? Um, yeah. So my youth group is primarily bus kids. Uh, we Usually more than half of my youth group come on the vans, which is Perfect. kind yeah. of terrible this time of year when you get slick weather and you can't run the van, so your youth group's cut in half mm-hmm. automatically. But one of the things we found is just clear communication with parents. So inherent with van ministry or bus ministry is going to be some discipline problems and the perfect little angels that you have in your youth group while they're there for that 90 minutes that they're there turn into something otherworldly when you put them on the van with their siblings and their and I know in our experience it's a lot of families like extended families like everybody's a cousin to everybody else so they bring the drama with them onto the van and then we're like trying to fill like the void of mom and dad and like help the family drama that's been playing out for generations mm-hmm. before in the like 20 minutes we have them on the van yeah. and it just it doesn't work yeah. so what we found is really being an advocate for the parents so if there's a disciplinary issue calling the parents and instead of saying hey your kid is terrible I never want to see him again mm-hmm. and we, we've all reached that point with that one kid right um, just say hey what's going on in their life like what can we do to help like can we help you as a parent like we don't want your kid to not be here because we love them we care for them we want to make this work. What can we do? And and that's opened up doors for me. Like I, I have parents that text me throughout the week. And they're like, "Hey, so and so is having a hard time. Um, can you say something to her on Wednesday night? Or can you pray for us? We're dealing with this situation. Or hey, I'm at my wits' end. Can you take my kid? Like mm-hmm. that's, that's never happened, but uh, they they've come close. So just being a resource to the parents that you might not ever actually meet face to face, but you can send a text to. Mm-hmm. So just being in communication all the time has made a world of difference for our van ministry. Yeah. Good. Got time for about three more questions. Can you explain how to be less of a friend and more of a leader and a mentor to students? Yeah, that uh, you know, there's a there's a struggle with that becoming less of a friend and more of a mentor, coach, pastor. You know, because some in youth ministry have erred on the side of being that friend and they've never received, they never have received the respect because they've not walked in authority necessarily. They've walked in, um, in friendship. The other argument is to take it too far and to swing the pendulum away from that and to never be in the context of students and not to have relationship either, you know? So I think there's gotta be a balance in there somewhere because Remember, the students have so many relationships already. They have have their parents at home or a guardian at home. They have siblings, okay? Sometimes we know, uh, even if it's a blended family. They have teachers, coaches, uh, managers where they work. Uh, All of these relationships. And so you know that somebody 
is playing a, a certain, a specific role in this teenager's life. So what I have to define as a pastor, this is the church, okay? As a pastor, what is my role gonna be? Well, I love looking at the role that Jesus, the example that Jesus set with his adults, his young adults, whom, if you do good theology, were teenagers, many of them. Yep. Of the 12, some say seven or eight of them were teenagers because they weren't paying taxes and they weren't married. Okay, uh, so and they had a bunch of time to, to sit under a rabbi. Once you didn't have time or you had already sat under a rabbi, you were off doing your own thing. Okay, so theologically, we're talking about young adults to teenagers here that served Jesus mainly. And, and then he had his relationship with children. And then he had his relationship with Pharisees and the, and the elders and the leaders of the church, right? And the scribes. So looking at the way he treated each one of them is a lesson in itself. Go there in your mind how he treated the scribes and Pharisees yeah. and, and his relationship with them, that turmoil. <laughs> and then his relationship with the disciples, which was so loving, right? Until those moments when he would really challenge them and then their childishness would come out. Yeah. Then his relationship with children. And I think as a youth leader, we should be walking in all of those relationships because there's a difference between being childlike and childish. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And sometimes we, we become so childish, we think that the kingdom of God is childish. No, it's childlike. So I've always said, as I age up in youth ministry as the youth leader, that's when that relationship needs to shift and change. So that, think of that, if I'm younger and I'm still at that brother stage, maybe the cool uncle that was used to be in the band, you know, because <laughs> they don't like their father, but they love the uncle, <laughs> then I have to have people around me that are fathers and grandfathers on the team who can play that role. Because now I can go to their school and I can do the wave and, you know, in the stands and I can go have fun with them at the coffee shop when not all of my leaders can or are able to do that. And I can still play that part in their life where they need an authoritative spiritual figure who's a friend. When they need an authoritative fig figure, spiritual figure, who is then an older brother, who is then an uncle, who is then a father and a grandfather. Yep. I, at you know, 35 years in youth ministry and 57 years of age, I have, I'm that grandfather in the room that is crazy. And everyone wonders what's going to happen next. <laughs> is he going to fall asleep? <laughs> you know, will he say something stupid and grandma will hit him and be like, now, honey, you know. So I love that stage I'm at, but I've had to walk through each of those stages. Yeah. How to get there, I, I think, is another lesson in itself. I think what I did there is just let you theoretically know there are changes so how do you move from that if you are young, like some of you, and you're, you're within five years or 10 years of age of teenagers? How, how do you work through that? I'll follow up with that on the post, okay, and give you some practical stuff there. One thing that comes to my mind right, right away would be that I am doing everything I can in the spiritual setting to be as authoritative as possible. And then in the, like, play and pray. And I know there are, I, I get it, there are some that say there's no separation of the sacred and it's all sacred, you know. I, I, I know that. But there are times when we are moving in the play and in the pray. And if we're in that pray, in the spiritual setting, the youth service, discipleship groups, I want to have spiritual authority with them. When I'm in the play setting, events, doing some outreach, 
hanging out at the coffee shop. I want to I want to show them that I'm human too, and I can have a blast with them, yeah. and scream at the ref in front of it, you know, or whatever. <laughs> so that's I would say, you know, to separate the play and pray for your behavior, uh, you know. But I'll blog more on that too. It's good. It's so hard to answer these, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you know, quickly like this. For sure. When I think of this question, I think more of Josh and this, but I'm sure it applies to everybody at this table. Um, how, for people who wear multiple hats at your church, mm. how do you appropriately balance your schedule and protect your family time at home? Good. Yeah, Josh. Yeah, for sure. Um, you make a lot of mistakes, for sure, trying to do that. <laughs> I have six kids. Right. Um, and so it's one way to grow a youth group. Uh, it's, not it's not the best. Um, honestly, uh, I I am very uh, upfront with like I do worship. I do uh, as well with you know how it is. Youth pastoring is a slow mode of things, but I know that like pastoring, I just admit straight up that pastoring is going to take the majority of what I do, and and I just I let that be known. And, like I know my my pastor knows that he knows that like as much as I want to give to these other things to worship, like I I just can't. I know it's going it, it, and I'm a perfectionist, and so it's really hard for me to let some things go. Mm -hmm. um, but I have to admit and realize, like, that it's just not going to be that great. Uh, when it comes to family, I've been, I, I've been on the, the, the wrong side of not spending time with my family, uh, especially when I was volunteering. Um, when I was volunteering, I was, same thing, I wanted to give everything, uh, so I was there all the time. I was... I mean, just nonstop. I, I was probably at the church 30 hours a week and working a 60-hour uh, week job. Um, so my family was neglected. Uh, two children at the time, and I remember God put me on a different shift, put me on a second shift that took me out of all of ministry, and it was the greatest reset for me because mm -hmm. um, it saved my family. Which it, my family has to be has to be the very center of, of what you do. And, and I'm lucky enough and blessed enough that um, you know my my wife is a part of that ministry. Um, and so we, with our kids, part of that too is just, uh, sorry, I'm getting a little bit off on the family part of it, but mm -hmm. um, uh, bringing my kids into my ministry, letting them, like, I thought, if this is the one thing I can share with them. If I'm going to hand off something, at least I'm giving them something. You know, here's, here's uh, the ministry, and I don't want them to hate it. I want them to love it. I want them to see why I love it, um, and let them just be a, a part of that. Um, and so, yeah, I, and I'm gonna answer all of the, at least like, especially with the mini hats, I, I've just, I've learned that the, the pastoring side's gonna take up a lot of uh, my ministry, I admit that, and that's good. And some things I do, it's hard. I, I, I will do them to the very best of my ability. Um, but there is a time whenever I do any more, I have to shut down. My wife can attest to this, because I would be like, hey, when I first started, full-time in Shrebeck, I'll be home, in just a little bit. Well, mm -hmm. a little bit turns into two hours mm -hmm. in ministry, because especially for your perfectionist. So now uh, it's like, it's, it's time to quit. You can't get everything done in ministry. You will never get everything yeah. done. Never. Yeah. And so yeah. I just cut it off. I'm going home, and I try to put all that out of my mind. And it's really hard for me. And then I get home and you know, try to just be dad yeah. the best I can. Good. I'm sure you guys have Any else on that? I can't remember if it was uh, Carrie Newhoff or Craig Rochelle was talking about this myth of balance. Yeah. And how if you're balanced in every aspect of your life, you're doing yep. a mundane job at everything. Yep. Yeah. So there is no real balance. And in certain seasons, certain things take your focus. And to echo what Josh said, I think, especially if you have young kids, that has to be your priority. Like the balance scales have to tip towards family and mm -hmm. investing in them when they're young so that they don't grow up and 
turn away from the church or hate the church or resent that I didn't have a dad even though my dad was at home because he was always at the church and that was his first family. Uh, now, Jeff, you, you did a podcast on family yes. and ministry. Yeah. Yep. You were talking about so, requiring your kids to be like, as a family, we're going to do this whether you like it or not. Yes, so the balance, yes, no. I'll, I'll hit both of those. I want to hit balance and I'll hit the family from both of you. So the balance to me, really, to be honest, uh, like Craig has said, Rochelle, the, to me, the balance is it's not going to happen. Okay? It's going to be very difficult for that to happen because then something's going to suffer because it usually swings, right? So what I like to say is the balance, if a balance is shared, then everyone can balance, okay, uh, their own giftings with, on, the, on the team and the staff. So in, in other words, instead of me having many, many hats, okay, uh, what happens is I bring many, many people into the team yep. who all have different hats. Yep. So uh, otherwise, it's just, it's not going to happen. So the way I like to see that, that balance is, is that it's shared balance, okay? Uh, it's multiple people. So it's a plurality of, pe- of people with a singular vision. A plurality of people with a singular vision. And that will help you to, okay, because think about it this way. People who burn out are working outside of their sweet spot. People who burn on are working in their sweet spot. And so I think ultimately that question gets down to, am I doing things that I shouldn't be doing? And, I, and, I, and, and get it, I know you're on, you're on staff, but you gotta get someone else who can do it. What are deacons for? What are elders for? What are your leaders for? Because, listen, in America, in the West, we have this idea that we pay the pastor to do the work of the ministry. And that's not true. That's so unbiblical. And yet we've done that. We have to unlearn that. What we do, biblically, is what they do in the East. They pay the pastor to get the people to do the work of the ministry. Try as he might, no shepherd in history has ever bore a sheep. (laughs) And I know that's a terrible thought. It's it's like even terrible to think about. Sheep, that's right. (laughs) Sheep beget sheep. Shepherds beget shepherds. So that's where I bring the balance in, getting other people. And then secondly, that whole family part of it, guys, and this is, this is going to make, many of you would disagree with this, and I know that, and I'm so okay with it, because I, I get this question every week also. How do you, all three of my kids are in ministry, okay? How did that happen, you know? Because that doesn't happen in too many ministry homes, okay? And I'm not saying just because they are that we had a mature home or whatever. If my kids wanted to do something else, we would have blessed them. Here's how we did it. From a young age, we, I told all of my kids, we are called to ministry, not dad and, and not mom's following dad and you guys got to follow them. We are called to ministry as a family. And if God uncalls you, okay, you know that language we want called kids? If God uncalls you, we will celebrate that and push you to education or push you to government or push you to business. But I raised my kids called, and every one of my kids said to me at some point in their life, Dad, we feel the same thing. 
So it wasn't like I was apologizing because I was the pastor that was hurt or didn't like the church. And now my kids got that taste and they don't want to do it. Look at the Old Testament just to get this theological model. Because people have said, okay, where's that at? Come on. First of all, not everything we do is from the Bible. Okay. But I can give you this. Old Testament, Levites served in succession. Kings served in succession. Many of the prophets served in succession. Many of the leaders in biblical history served in succession and their kids served in succession. And so I believed that if I raised my kids in the balance of ministry that we're talking about by shared ministry, okay, that that kind of balance, that my kids were gonna get the best picture of ministry and want to do that themselves. And none of my kids came to me and said, Dad, I feel uncalled. So that's, that's, how, that's how we handled it. Well, that's what an incredible time. Um, this has been really good, Jeff. Um, and so thank you for being of course. with us. Um, hey, people are going to want to uh, be able to find you online. And so um, how can they do that? Yeah. So go to youthology.com. Y-T-H is short for youth. O-L-O-G-Y. Youthology.com. You can um, find us on my website is the podcast, is the video of the week that we do also, the short video, the leadership video, all 12 to 15 minutes long. Then they can follow us on social media. Also, we're on all the social platforms at forward slash Jeff Grinnell or Youthology. It'll come up under both of those. iTunes, same, Jeff Grinnell. And um, the, the other format to me, which is the best one, is if you go to our website, you can see our coaching relationship. There's a drop down for coaching. And that coaching could be as significant as a year long coaching relationship or just phone calls and doing some Google Hangouts or whatever with you. I love to do that. Awesome. Yep. And uh, Jeff, you also have a book. could you tell us a Thank little bit about that? I'd love to get into that today, but maybe we can have a separate podcast where we just yeah, talk about your book. Yeah, for sure. And I know we gave it to everyone here. Yeah, huh? So um, I, I wrote a book uh, through the passing of my wife. Uh, three years ago, she passed away. Wrote the book um, about a year and a half ago. Uh, it's called Hashtag If Job Had Twitter. And the idea is if Job had social media, what would he say to millennials and Gen Z today about suffering? Because, you know, the way our teenagers and young adults see it is they don't have time for it. They don't deserve it. And only a bad God would bring it or, you know, whatever. And so I deal with those really difficult questions like why? How come God, if God is so good, why didn't he, you know, all that stuff from the perspective of a social media thread? So it's, it's exciting. They can get it at Amazon okay. or off my website either way. Then the youth ministry book is coming out too. I've been writing it for seven years since, since 2013 wow. through the teen decade, 13 to 19. I did that on purpose yeah. and it'll be, it should be released in the next 30 days, uh, March 1, hopefully, and I'm editing it now. And that's just, it's called Youthology, the study of youth. And basically it is uh, a chapter on a topic in youth ministry with prax at the end. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, have you guys enjoyed this? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff, and we will uh, look forward to having you on again very soon. Yes. Love, Nomo. Yep. Awesome. Thank you.